Thanks for joining us. I'm Alan Burke, a landscape architect here in the Puget Sound region, and you are listening to the Green Meridian Podcast. Our guest today on the Green Meridian podcast is my longtime friend and associate, Lloyd Glasscock. Uh, I've been uh, aware of Lloyd's arc of his career since, uh, oh gosh, the Stone Age. I think the dinosaurs were roaming the earth when we first met. Probably were. Probably were. Uh, with uh, Initially with Northwest Landscape Supply years ago. There's a blast from the past for you. That's a lot of water over the dam, yeah. That yep. is, that is. Uh and then uh, of recent, of course, most people will know him as the coordinator and uh, I don't know what the exact position is, but uh, the, uh, the the point of contact at the Northwest Flower and Garden Festival or what we many of us still call the Northwest Flower and Garden Show. And then, you know, I think the rest of the year, Lloyd, uh, we think you're probably just sitting in an easy chair with your feet up. Is that is, is that the case? Wouldn't that be nice? It is, it is a year-round gig. You know, pe most people think the show ends of course when the show ends and for for you for a participant it probably does you might have an extra week of getting back with clients but you know we spend probably one to two months wrapping up the show after that checking invoices checking in with participants and all the other things we do and then of course as soon as uh, uh you know may june starts to hit we start you know the recruiting for the following year so it really is a year-round gig um mm -hmm. coupled with the fact that i also in addition to the flower and garden show i also recruit for the tacoma home and garden show oh i see uh, which is a different different thing uh but still it's it's part of my responsibilities working ah, for so it really is almost a full year thing you have maybe yep. two months off if any you know yeah i take i take a little extra time in may because nobody wants to hear from me in may uh, people are too busy right. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, but but even today, I've been talking with one of the groups about a garden. Uh, and so yeah. um, that's, you know, it's still I still work in May, just not quite as hard as I do the other months mm -hmm. of the year. Yeah. So uh, let's back up. Let's back way up. Um, uh, when you, uh, you you've lived here for a long time, uh, haven't you? Oh, boy. Yeah. 50 years or so. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. 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 And what part of the Puget Sound do you live? I live in North Snohomish County. Um, mm -hmm. So between um, Stanwood and Arlington, if people know mm -hmm. where that is. I live about 18 miles north of Everett. I see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, so how did you get, how did you get into it? You, you, was, was the first green industry job you had the, the, North, the, the landscape supply job? No, my first green industry job was in high school. I, uh, um, being a somewhat lazy student sometimes, I flunked out of physics or was rapidly getting there. Mm -hmm. And I needed a science credit to make up for my, you know, shortfall in science in my sophomore year in high school. So I quickly uh, saw the available offerings at mid-year, and there weren't many, but we were very fortunate in that our high school, Mariner High School in Everett, um, offered horticulture as a science credit. Not many programs did back in 1978. So I went ahead and signed up for horticulture, finished my to four years of horticulture in two years and mm -hmm. then you know because our program was a good program local nurseries would get a hold of the program looking for 
kids to work the uh, local garden centers back when we had those. Uh, so my first horticulture job was when I was 17, working for Silver Lake Garden Center in uh, in South Everett. And from there, I would just work different nurseries. I worked uh, there. I worked for Tufel. I worked for Heidco. Um, I worked for Tufel before I worked for Northwest Landscape Supply. I started with them in 1980s, late 80s. All your plant knowledge and everything else that you mm -hmm. gained through all of that was just anecdotal and through what you gained just from working. I went to grad, oh, grad school. I went to a community college for maybe a year, and I took some good courses for that. Uh, and then from that, I it was from working or self self earning. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And then there's just no looking back once you're there. No and then back. You, yep. yeah. So you're in the plant end of it mostly. I mean, nurseries are a lot of things, but the plant end of it as a focus. Mm -hmm. And then you go into Northwest Landscape Supply, and you're learning all about and learning how to market and what goes into supplies and parts and hardscape materials and amendments and uh, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because of course at Northwest landscape supply, when we started that there, there wasn't a green good to be seen. Everything was hard yeah. goods. And we started that business it was from a gent up at Canada came down and started the business. And that business um, was right at the beginning of, uh, when retaining wall blocks be started to become a thing and uh keystone retaining wall blocks remember those big heavy blocks yeah, yeah that was the only one on the market when i started with northwest landscape supply and now and an amazing was, innovation at the time yes. i mean at the yeah, time it was yeah. striking and now of course there's hundreds yeah so yeah, yeah it's really something right right now there's too many yeah <laughs> and then that yes. that business kind of like self-immolated uh uh, as I understand it, and just kind of you, you and Tim Gray, who I know quite well, yes. were yep. there, yep. Uh, partners in crime, and uh, uh, running that for quite a long time. And then you both left about the same time. Is that right? Yeah, we both uh, were released, and um, we the Canadian guy decided he wanted different management for that, and you know, sold it probably six months after. Um, but uh, that was in boy, when was that? That would have been in 98 or 99. Yeah, right. And then yeah. Tim and I, as business partners, started Pacific Stone Company in Everett, right mm -hmm. in downtown Everett. We took it over an old garden center. Uh, these two old gents wanted to do something new, retire. <laughs> and so their family didn't want any part of the business. So we did not buy the business from them. We, we leased the land from them and opened our business on that side. And that's, again, right uh, about uh, maybe half a mile south of downtown Everett, right on Rucker Avenue. And we were business partners there for, boy, I want to say about 10 or 11 years until mm -hmm. 2010. Mm -hmm. And then I sold my half of the business to Tim Gray. Um, mm -hmm. He wanted to continue with that. I, I did not want to sell brick and block anymore. I wanted to mm -hmm. look for other opportunities. Mm -hmm. About that point, um, Dwayne Kelly from the Flower and Garden Show, who started it in 1989, uh, was looking to sell that. I could not, of course, buy the Flower Garden Show. But the folks he did sell it to, O'Loughlin Trade Shows, um, they kind of tapped on the door starting in 2012 after I'd been gone from Pacific, pardon, Pacific Stone Company for uh, about a year and a half, two years. And they came knocking on 2012 and invited me to participate in the show as a uh, in a special capacity uh, uh, with a garden teaming up with uh, with them and a uh, nursery in a special display. So I did that. And then the following year we dated, I'm going to call it dated for uh, about a year. And then they brought me on board in 2014. And you were still running, you, you, employee. you, you yeah. had an ongoing consulting business looking glass. Yes. I did landscape design and consultation for two years. 
And then I stayed with it a couple of years while I, even while I was with O'Loughlin uh, working for the show. Uh, but I but I found it didn't mesh well with doing the show as well. That the the hours of the show, we're working with with the uh, I know it's the Northwest Flower Garden Festival. Even in, when we're talking about it, we still call it the show. Uh, sure. the, the festival thing is a marketing hook, right? Uh, but um, it just sounds better than show. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, while working for them, uh, the work comes in batches. So there'll, there'll be a stretch when I'm three weeks doing nothing but show for you know 50 to 60 hours a week and i don't have time to do a landscape design or any of those other things uh, so so it, i found that um for for my sanity and for what i cared to do it, i was just stuck with the show and i let my um, mm-hmm. um designing business and consultation business go away so hmm. not keep it didn't think that you'd, you'd keep it as just kind of a sidelight even if it wasn't gonna just too much hassle to keep it going yeah too much hassle i i do uh, i do some work for friends and neighbors and acquaintances and such like that but uh mm-hmm. never design almost never design anymore mm-hmm. if i really want to do design work i, I can do that for the show which mm-hmm. i still do mm-hmm. uh but as far as a consultation i don't mind that you know have me over have a glass of wine talk about mm-hmm. the front garden you know that kind of thing yeah you know, I uh, I see some of your social media posts and uh, keep up with a little bit of anecdotal information around the edge of and periphery of what you're doing. And I feel like we travel in a couple of parallel universes. And, and one of them, of course, is all this green industry stuff. Sure. Uh, and I see you a couple of times a year at various functions and that type of thing. But the other thing is you're you're quite the uh, quite the history raconteur. So you you are you are <laughs> an avid. I feel like I'm a pretty, uh, pretty. Uh, uh, crazy student of history and, and, and various things. What, what, what are you reading right now? I'm sure you're reading something with a historical context. You know, the funny thing is right, right now I'm between reads and mm-hmm. I, I read a review in the Seattle times this weekend of a detective series set in Ireland, the name mm-hmm. of which I can't lay my hands on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm thinking I'm going to get that from the library. Cause right now I'm looking at my bookshelf while you just ask the question. And it's like, I've read everything in here. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I might do some detective fiction. I, I don't yeah. care for that for the real raucous, um, I shouldn't say raucous, um, spy thrillers, mm-hmm. like a, like a, these formulaic spy thrillers, like Lee Child's uh, um, books, uh, not not so much. But I do like a good uh, story. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, Yeah, I'm quite, the, I love detective fiction. I, uh, police procedurals are the one. And then uh, uh, when I'm uh, binge watching, I'm, I gravitate toward, uh, for some reason, Scandinavian uh, murder <laughs> mysteries. Something about the Scandinavian versions—they're—they're they're really well done, almost uniformly. Wallander yeah. and those those kinds of things. But anyway, that's that's kind of a one-off. It's strange because you'd think if somebody knew me, they would say, "Well, you know, obviously they wouldn't know me if they they thought this." But but they think I'd be reading gardening books all the time, and I really don't hardly yeah. ever read them. Yeah, I, so. I rarely do. I've I've got a handful of them. Uh, I mean, I've got I've got. Uh, uh, a, Z, a to Z gardening plants on the yeah. book, which is this tome. And I, I look through that sometimes when I get stuck yeah. uh, helping with plant material. But realistically, anymore, if I really get stuck uh, or even helping a friend, I direct them to the Great Plant Picks website. Sure. It's got yeah. more than yeah. enough for most people. Yeah. I don't know um, what it is because I'm not disinterested in that material, but I don't I don't read it for leisure. And I, I've never really been interested at all in like business books, either like business. I mean, I, I've read them. Sure, sure, but, but, but they don't really—they don't really attract me at all. So, oh, me, not remotely my idea. I—I I mean, I—I I, I can appreciate them for some folks, but I've—I've I've got a natural aptitude for business and accounting to a degree, 
and I don't need to read any more of that. I, yeah. I just finished Troy. Um, yeah, I saw was, you posted that. I had not. I yeah, it was, it was really good. That. It's a retelling of uh, Greek legends by Stephen, uh -huh. uh, Stephen King, the actor. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And he's really quite a quite a Renaissance guy. He's written these wonderful lots. I've got three or four other books by him on the shelves that are that mm -hmm. are fiction. Uh, but these are he's done a series of uh, Greek myths and legends, mythos, heroes, and this last one, Troy, about the siege of Troy. Hmm. Uh, and they're really an approachable read. And you know, it's, it's like he starts the book. Okay, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of names, none of which you really need to remember. And I'll let you know the ones you need to remember later mm -hmm. in the book. And that's mm -hmm. that's the introduction mm -hmm. as you start to read the thing. Mm -hmm. And it's got that kind of delivery as you're doing it. So yeah, it, I it, think that's it, fascinating. It yeah. yeah, look it up. Yeah. Yeah. I love anything that can kind of connect uh mythology, especially to reality, like uh, Joseph Campbell's works and things like that are fascinating. And they do connect to nature in a way. Sure. In sure. a way, in a way. So uh you uh in this arc of your career and all of the work that you've done and everything that you're doing, do you feel like you have a a a mentor or someone that helped you at least to spark your interest and help you along the way? Or how, how do you is there some somebody like that that was kind of the genesis of a change for you? You know, most of it has been I, I'm gonna say it's been self-driven. The 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 mentors I've had to use that term so, some of them have just been mentors by poor example to be to be blunt uh, it's mm -hmm. like oh god i don't want to be like that uh, but then there have been a few a handful um insightful folks the, the first boss i had was uh named dick graham and he was a, a very bright horticulturist um uh, has a book on the not on the market anymore but if you find it it's called the meandering mushroom it's about mushroom hunting and identifying in, uh, mm -hmm. in the puget sound area uh, anyway, I, I worked for him at Sublight Garden Center, and he he kind of taught me the work ethic and how to be prepared and be ready for things. Um, but beyond that, I I can't say that I have had that. I I think observation and seeing people you respect and the way they in the way they treat others helps. Now I'm active in the uh, in two of our of our local organizations, horticultural organizations. The Washington Association of Landscape Professionals, which is WALP. People thought I worked for WALP for a long time. And the Washington State Nursery and Landscape Association, WSNLA. And I've been active in that. And, and, and through that, through the peer process of interacting with the folks in those associations, while it's not quite mentoring, the exchange of ideas and perceptions, I think, really has helped my development, um, mm -hmm. certainly earlier in my career. Mm -hmm. You must meet it. you must meet so many people though. I mean, you're directing the whole sure, sure. garden show, so you, you, yeah. you you've met everybody. And uh, I, I would think if uh, some uh, residential client was interested in uh, speaking to you about uh, a garden design, and could you recommend somebody? You actually would know the work of almost everyone. Yeah, yeah. It it, it is it is helpful to know what to steer them for mm -hmm. and what to what what for them to avoid, uh, which is which is as big a thing, really. Because, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. you know, they, they know what they want to spend. They describe them what they want. Right. So I'm not, right. I'm not going to, you know, the same as when, when you're doing a design for somebody or if they, if they want a log cabin, you're not going to present Taj Mahal. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so th there's that. I always think of mm -hmm. that when I'm recommending recommending mm -hmm. work the biggest thing is to ask what they really yeah. are looking for and of course they're all so, want low maintenance but they all want so on a nature. on a similar note other than uh your wife denise yep that's the gal uh, who, who i'm sure uh 
you admire greatly because she has stayed with you for decades. I mean, that, that in itself is... That's amazing in itself. That's you know, a slog right there. Someone has you know, to do it. Uh, yeah, but, we, but besides yeah. her, who 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 do you generally admire in uh, in professional and private life when you th you think of inspiration? Boy, you know, I I have not. I you know, I I, I candidly, I read the the primer you sent, and I did give mm -hmm. that some thought. And it's really hard. Uh, I go back to more historical figures. Uh, mm -hmm. I look at somebody like Theodore Roosevelt or, or Harry Truman. And just from the way they present things, um, so uh, you know, in, in in endeavoring not not to be a total jerk about things, but then to to be direct with people. Um, mm -hmm. and, and when you read as much history as I've read, and you look at some of these characters, and you think, okay, I can be direct like that. I don't have to be a jerk. I can be direct. And and you, you look through these historical figures, and those would be two, you know, Truman and Roosevelt, mm -hmm. where you um, you honor. You honor and you do what you say you're going to do, uh, which mm -hmm. is the, which is the biggest thing I would I would say that I do. You know, before I had the job I have now, Kyle Eldred uh, uh, yeah. had the job I have now, and he was he was very uh, his his uh, we we are very different people, uh, mm -hmm. but his his calm demeanor is something I've constantly tried to uh, try to emulate but that is hard for me because I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not calm mm -hmm. uh but uh but that is something i do strive for because his mm -hmm. the way he carried out the job with such calmness uh was good uh, mm -hmm. but I, I think the the working the doing what you say you're going to do is probably the biggest thing i work hard on and that i got i think i got that from kyle as well as the two historical figures mm -hmm. and you're talking about theodore not uh, Theodore Roosevelt, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Franklin Roosevelt is a whole other ball of wax. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, a bit, uh, a bit more duplicitous, perhaps, than mm -hmm. his uh, his predecessor. Uh, but, uh, but still, uh, you know, he's on the dime. So, what do you want? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And of course, those are those are some some fairly obvious choices. Uh, I'm sure Kyle was glad to see you take over because it would have felt like a calm transition. I think he was a little worried about how it would be. Uh, Perceived yeah, by he, rec he recommended me. He he mm -hmm. absolutely recommended me. He mm -hmm. recommended two people, um, and they had already been talking not, not talking to me, but working with me on so many things uh, mm -hmm. that they they uh, seemed natural for them. So it worked mm -hmm. out well. Mm -hmm. Great. We are here with Lloyd Glasscock, and uh, we'll be back in just a minute. We're back. We're back with Lloyd Glasscock, and uh, thanks for joining us today, Lloyd. What, what is uh, what is a typical day when uh, I know it may not be typical now, but sure. your your year has uh, this weird arc to it, where I think in yep. summer. Tell me if I'm wrong. In summer, you're drumming up business, getting participation in the exhibit gardens and that type of thing, uh, kind of collating and coordinating the show, and then uh, the ideas are developing, and you're you're herding cats for all fall, and then when uh, late winter, uh, early spring t comes and the show is on. You're actually in that mode, which is, you know, yes. your ringmaster. So is that is that a fair characterization of of things? Yeah, for the for the most part. I mean, it, it's not just recruiting for the gardens themselves. We're also recruiting uh, uh, sponsorships. We're recruiting um, the, the garden provider partners like, say, um, uh, Wetlands of Woodlands or Puget mm. Sound Plants. Yeah. Suppliers. They, pardon me? Suppliers, suppliers and they, they, they've changed quite a bit over the years a little bit sawdust yes. out and yeah 
participations yeah. change there. You know, and you know, even though they're wholesale accounts, we we like to keep them involved because they they work with our uh, gardeners on the floor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so the last thing we want, which happened several years ago, uh, is where I was told, oh, we're not going to support the show anymore because of mm -hmm. ABC. And um, it's like, okay, so tell me about ABC. And uh, the suppliers were a bit vague, but it, it it did make us make some choices that if I had it to do over again, I still have to make some mm -hmm. challenging choices, but I would handle it differently. And that yeah. would be the groups not doing gardens. But is it um, is it is there a, a relatively reliably and repeated team each year that you would consider the tight group that is actually the core uh management and you know oh oh yes oh yeah yeah jeff my my boss jeff's been doing this with me since i was hired and before that mm -hmm. uh, michelle who runs our office michelle derbs um, she's been doing shows uh for in the pacific northwest for 30 years mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you know a lot of institutional knowledge even with the changes as you adapt to those changes uh Grenon, it's a small staff but we've got four we've got Grenon who does our sales our, our exhibit yeah. sales mm-hmm She's great at it. And then we've got um, uh, Janet Ensley did our seminars and and our judging program. She has chosen to retire effective mm -hmm. June 1st. Mm -hmm. So we have somebody new doing that. And her name is Lamanda. And I can't get the last name. I should have had it right here in front of me. She's um, not a she's not a green. These are not green industry people per se. Nope. Mm. Nope. nope. I'm the only green industry professional uh, that that is out there. All the rest were were don't have a green industry background. I'm the mm -hmm. only one. I'm the only one that needs one, to be honest. Uh, yeah, right. I'm the one dealing with the plant, with the garden end. Everybody else has their other things they deal with, um, but um, you know, directly with the garden end, I'm the I'm the one that mm -hmm. that has that. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, e even then, my garden knowledge doesn't need to be nearly as deep as yours is because I'm not really out in the field. I'm right. I'm doing theater. I, I'm doing a yeah. show. I'm, I'm doing something that has to last for a week. But still, you need to know, you need to know kind of how to pragmatically assemble it. Oh, yes. Emergencies. Yeah. And, you know, I think with your knowledge of supplies and materials that, you know, that that that's informative. I remember putting together a garden in 2006 and the guy next to me had this crazy ass idea of uh, of making it rain from the sky on his garden mm -hmm. during the entire show. Yep. And people people would walk through this light sprinkling of rain. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I pointed out how if over a period of, you know, five days, it was going to get slick and awful. And yep. uh, of course, he knew better. And I'll be damned, it turned into a freaking, you know, one inch puddle over, you know, 500 yep. square feet and bled into our space. It was a train wreck. And, you know, and you've got to turn on a dime and get that kind of stuff cleared up. Oh, so. well, that's the difference there is we don't allow it. I mean, it's like, mm, mm -hmm. great idea. That's not going to happen in the show. Um, well, sometimes you don't know. I remember uh, being interviewed by Cisco and he, re he reminded all of his listeners that uh, David Ohashi's pond uh, leaked into the parking yeah. structure below the yes. show and uh, sure. it could be in the middle of the entire, you know, staging of all, all well that, that's a waterfall and that that's that that's a, a failure of the bladder uh basically yeah, right, there but the, right. the rain from the ceiling that's just a recipe for disaster that's of like, course no yeah. It, yeah. we we wouldn't let so we can't do we don't let people do smoke you know smoke like you come through the seahawk come through the uh -huh. smoke we don't let people do that um we actually discourage stuff from the ceiling uh, mm -hmm. it's right. not hard for us to discourage it because at 150 bucks an hour with a forfeit four hour minimum for the mm -hmm. for the uh, um rigor <laughs> yeah you know before you've done anything 
Um, and and the, the rules are so tight. We we do discourage it, but uh, no, that's you know I think I have the I have the king of all bad ideas for the garden show that can be assigned to my name though. So I can't really I can't really talk smack about Ohashi or this guy was next to me. Uh, you know, uh, in two thousand one, in preparation mm -hmm. for the two thousand one show, my idea was to because we had the uh, we had the sky bridge right at that yep. time, and it was just opening up. My idea was to have a depiction of a crashed plane in the jungle. <laughs> so I searched and we found like a, I don't know, like an old biplane we could take apart, tilt upright, break a wing off, you know, disassemble it and have smoke. And then sure. it would be in the jungle and there'd be a helmet and the tracks of someone who was there. It was going to be really fascinating. And then we were well into the idea and somebody pointed out that Alaska Airlines was one of the sponsors and it probably yep. wasn't yep. a good idea. And then as it turns out, 9-11 happened that year. Yep. So yep. having like the entry to the show be a crashed plane would probably not have gone well. Pivot. <laughs> yeah. We're going to pivot from that idea. <laughs> plan B. Plan B was needed. So anyway, good good times. And we've had uh, water features just absolutely dissolve at uh, 11 p.m. the night yep. before judging that were the concrete wasn't set or something like that. And everybody stayed up all night to get that figured out. You yeah, know, we we let folks know their water. If they're using a water feature, water features has to be done. Uh, they got they got three days for setup: Saturday, Sunday, mm -hmm. Monday, mm -hmm. and the water feature has to be done on uh, Sunday night. Um, yeah, ideally that way we know Monday if there's going to be a hassle. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. Then they they then they can take steps for it. We had mm -hmm. we had one leak in 2020. It was the last was the last leak we had, mm -hmm. and um, um, as a Pacific Stone Company had the leak. And they came, they didn't notice it. It was a slow leak. They didn't notice it until Wednesday when the show was going on. And they had kids on mop duty and such. But uh, mm -hmm. Wednesday night, they stayed until, you know, 11.30 p.m. We mm -hmm. were doing the floor, trying to chase down wherever the leak was. And they fixed it that night. Yeah. Man, so what a hassle. Was, yeah. It was that or your water feature, which is one of your features, isn't going to work. Um, but most of the time, most of the time, when the water at the show... 19 times out of 20 it's because somebody overfills the pond and you know uh maybe maybe uh maybe we should do an episode of just all the crazy shit you've seen since you've been there that would fill up a really <laughs> a really interesting well, 45 minutes don't you think you know it's it's one of those things where um uh, i could write some of this stuff down and people wouldn't believe it and yeah. sometimes i'm at the show yeah. and i think i've seen it all and then I I can't believe it's. I, I, I was thinking it'd be a great draw to have the associations, maybe even as a fundraiser, have a little thing. It would be like a wedding reception or something where everyone could come up and tell some insane story for about ten minutes of something that happened to them in the industry. It would be very entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, that you know, come come prepared. Day. You know, send a little synopsis of what you're going to be talking about, and then we'll pick the top twenty. <laughs> and hold forth with drinks. I think that would be a fascinating uh, way to spend two hours, you know? Yeah, so, actually it would be, yeah. So we are here with Lloyd Glasscock. And uh, thanks for thanks for uh, sticking with it, Lloyd. And we'll be back in just a second. Lloyd, uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, tell tell me a little bit about the the work you're doing now, because mm -hmm. you're representing the green industry as a whole in a in a, in your own way. Sure. 
there's no requirement to do this, but there's some serious climate issues and uh, trade and immigration issues that are connected to the green industry that we're uh, not solving and that we're maybe uh, working on, but are uh, not being addressed as fully. And in fact, uh, and this is my my take on it, uh, a large part of the industry is is counterintuitively going in the other direction toward more chemical use and toward uh, mm. selling uh, a product that is, you know, not in any way beneficial to the environment. And I think this is an ongoing problem. But do you feel like the Garden Show has a responsibility to uh, put forth any kind of positive ecological message that perhaps it's not doing? I think our gardens try to do that. Um, uh, you know, one of the one of the benefits we do have is we don't have chemical sales at the show. Uh, for instance, you know, year, years ago we certainly could have been sponsored by Monsanto or Rapid Grow or one of these, and, mm -hmm. and we're not. So, mm -hmm. so that that is uh, that is a good direction to go in. But um, uh, the biggest challenge that we get is that it, it's the crossed message of we. We want a show to be sustainable. We want to preach sustainability. And we, we do, you know, to a degree with the, you know, the water usage and the right plant, right place, all these things that the gardens do uh, are part of that message. The challenge, however, gets to be the number one reason people want to come to the show. And that is color. And sadly, forced color is not sustainable. It is... A, yep. Uh, when you're doing tulips, daffodils, uh, muscari, or something else, and you're exhausting this plant material, and then you're you're composting it, perhaps, uh, it, it's not necessarily a sustainable program, and that's where the dichotomy comes in, that makes that that whole thing a challenge. So you're mm -hmm. on the one hand, you're saying, hey, we should really be doing this. On the other hand, it's like, look at these beautiful tulips we forced. Uh, sure. So uh, it it does make the uh, the answer challenging. We we have done that by inviting. On our garden floor, uh, we we tend to invite the uh, water districts. Uh, we invite Jesse Bloom. We invite uh, those that are going to show a product that is, I think, environmentally sensitive. Mm -hmm. Normally, we don't get a lot of. Uh, I'm going to use the word jerks about that. That are just, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. any more. In fact, the landscapes themselves have become more less over the top and less less water hog like in in many ways um so that they've been more whether it's because people are saving a buck by putting in something more drought tolerant mm -hmm. uh, or that's the message they're putting out there mm -hmm. um I, I think we've been doing that our seminar program certainly emphasizes that um mm -hmm. so i think we're doing what we can for that it, it takes so much for your local government to to take a key on that yeah and, uh, and i think they've been uh, in local government i think they've been as lax as anybody i i, oh, I get question. frustrated yeah. when i see the state of washington or any other state for that matter uh, hammering the green industry and professional landscapers and such some of which do use horrible chemicals and i understand that but at the same time ignoring the plethora of over-the-counter uh, chemicals that any bozo can buy at your local mm -hmm. garden center mm -hmm. or, or Lowe's or, or Home Depot. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact that you're able to have shelves and shelves of these chemical poisons with, with very little oversight or even knowing who's selling it on your mm -hmm. site 
is, uh, I think, a far worse challenge than anything. Oh, that, uh, by, by, yeah. I, by, I think yeah. that that's the part that to me is yeah. a head shaker. Yeah. Uh, even yeah, when I was getting absolutely. my pesticide license, it's like, well, what about these freaking guys over here? What mm -hmm. are you telling me that I need one pesticide license for this entire district of Home Depots? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it was ridiculous. And, yeah, and so it's pretty. Sh it's pretty shocking. And you know, yeah. I don't know with uh, the way that climate change is actually directly affecting yes. the industry now in in ways that uh, are uh, probably more evident than in a lot of other aspects of uh, uh, of work life for other people. Um, there, there. I've mentioned before we've we've stopped selling a number of plant materials that we sold even five years mm -hmm. ago that we just can't sell anymore. And I was. Uh, uh, reading some uh, screed by uh, Laura Wildfong over at TNL uh, mm -hmm. over at Northwest uh, Nurseries about how she's not she's telling us that she doesn't want to handle Hinoki cypress at all anymore uh, because mm -hmm. uh, that she she just can't keep them the summers are just going on too long birches aren't living anymore they say the entire lowland uh, conifer forest may die by the turn of the century and so. Yeah. And there's something uh, somewhat inevitable about it that uh, I think almost regardless of what we do, uh, it, it's going to be a problem. And I think that's the underpinning, you know, uh, cause of lethargy and, uh, you know, inaction uh, by people who feel like that whatever they do, it's not going to yield any difference. So whatever. So why know. do anything at all? Right. Yeah, yeah, why yeah, do yeah, it, let's, yeah. let's punt it down the road, which you know, of course, has been the way it's been going. And I think that's even true of the upcoming generation, mm -hmm. more so than the baby boomers. But well, if you, we are if fortunate. You, go ahead. Yeah. I, I was just and this may be a shift, but because uh, we're going to run out of time in about five minutes. Um, <laughs> if it was if it was the Lloyd Glasscock show and you were absolutely the, you know, the the benevolent dictator of the uh, convention center for that period of time, what, 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 would there be something you would like to personally do different than you're doing now with that whole effort? Would, would it change in some way, in a way that you perhaps would do, but you can't really control? I don't know that it would that much. We, 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 we train our, I'm going to use the word train, train the gardener to expect those questions and mm -hmm. be able to respond to that kind mm -hmm. of stuff mm -hmm. individually. Mm -hmm. um so that, so I, i'm not convinced if we're going to have the the event we have how much uh, we'd be able to would would be changing that although mm -hmm. the plant selection you would make would be certainly in the area as we do that right uh, when you when you look at color um which is the driver as being basically an annual mm -hmm. um yeah you can certainly make different choices on the color you use and i probably would emphasize that and not have the fact we're doing that this year changing the breadth of color we offer to make mm -hmm. the choices a little bit more limited mm -hmm. uh, not not only because we're going to get better um uh, return on investment but also because we just don't need it the, right. the excess is not right. something we need right so the, right. The, and that's one of the areas you can look at is the, how much excess are you doing mm -hmm. people come to the event they expect a colorful show so yeah. that's that's how you have to, have to mitigate how you do that yeah but if you're able to do that in a in a way that you're not um having something like a lot of cyclamen out there mm -hmm. um and then you know something that sadly i've florist cyclamen takes a great deal of water to but looking good yeah uh, then, then use something like a primrose which yeah the primrose well, you see that i mean you'll see that like this kind of uh leaning in on repeated use of the yes. same material because yep. it's reliable for that yep particular period and or or we've had years where the stuff that was forced didn't work out nearly as well as we hoped and 
you know, for everyone. And uh, oh yeah, yeah. The material, you know, you, everybody was compromising, but trying to make a, the best of it, which is you know, and, one, and climate changes, climate changes change what can be yeah. forced. I mean, yeah. you've got something like hosta, which needs to freeze before you can force hosta leaves. So you almost have to take it and put it in a chest freezer anymore because. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you, you get these gallon cans, you cut them back, or you should let them die naturally. Well, a dang mm -hmm. thing won't die. So mm -hmm. you pretty much have to take the thing, put it in a chest freezer to get it to freeze. Mm -hmm. So you can force it for the show three months later. Uh, yeah. And before, you didn't have to do that. It's just even the forcing programs have changed on that. Um, That's a big bag of cats, Lloyd. I mean, I, it is sometimes. I, I admire you. I mean, congratulations. Thank you so much. Congratulations and condolences for... Uh, for having that job <laughs> no I, I love what i do so no 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 need for condolences on that it's a i've embraced it so yeah. no you do and, and it shows um thank you so much for joining today and you uh, thanks I'll for having me see you on the flip side okay my friend thank you